The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. The story of Brother Andre of Montreal. God gives us various gifts To some chosen souls, he gives the great gift of healing. Such a soul was Brother Andre of Mount Royal, Canada. Our story begins in the year 1857. A young man named Alfred Bissett was trying to learn the shoemaker's trade in a small Canadian town. Oh, you've done very well with this pair of shoes, Alfred. I should be proud to send them out of the shop. Thank you, sir. Have you got another cold? I'm afraid so, sir. Yes, you have. You don't look at all well. You better go to your room and lie down. Thank you, sir. Uh, Alfred? (laughs) Yes? Uh, Next time you see your uncle, please tell him I'd like to talk to him. I will tell him, sir. No, sir, he don't look at all well. A more willing apprentice. Your nephew works hard. He's honest and conscientious. But I feel that the work is a little too much for him. My wife and I have been saying the same thing. It's probably the same weakness of the lungs that caused his mother's death. The boy's never been strong. We're afraid he'll go the same way. Or perhaps less confining work. Something that uh, all kept him out of doors would be better for him than spending his days in here. We've thought of that, too, you're willing to release him from his contract? Oh, of course, monsieur. If the lad's life is at stake, we must find a better place for him than this small workroom with the smell of leather and the dust of the pelt. But he's never been well enough to spend more than a week or so in school. As you know, he can neither read nor write. Well, have you thought of farm work? Yes, we have. And several farmers have spoken of their need for a hand now and then. Well, it's too bad. I could have made a good shoemaker out of him. Well, as it is, uh, by all means, find a place for him on some farm. If he makes as good a farmer as he is a shoemaker, 
He'll get along. After some months of day labor on various farms near the village, Alfred met a priest, Father Springer, curé of the local church. The priest invited him to the rectory for a talk. I've noticed your devotion at Mass, your frequent presence at the altar rail for Holy Communion. You tell me you're working as a farmhand. Surely you have some greater ambition than that. Father... I want only to do what God wishes of me. If I could only find out what that is. And you cannot, eh? I know you believe in God, my son. Oh, yes, Father. Then remember that he is all-wise and all-powerful. He does not send any soul into the world without its appointed task. And he gives us all the... What is it that has drawn your attention away from my words? Oh, your, your picture of St. Joseph, Father. You have a special devotion to him, perhaps? Somehow he always seems to me a saint whom all of us can love. He was only a humble workman, like so many of us. He was, well, one priest I knew used to speak of him as the great obscure. Yes. The great obscure expresses it very beautifully. Have you asked St. Joseph to help you in this matter of your vocation? Oh, I ask his help every day, my father. Then continue to ask it. He will help you, I know. Often some such ordeal of illness and uncertainty such as yours precedes a most worthwhile career. <laughs> Take heart, Alfred, it says. And do not lose faith in the supreme providence of God. The young man, Alfred Bassett, who was to become Brother Andre, like so many young French Canadians, felt the urge to seek his fortune in the States, where he was told wages were high and there was a great demand for labor. In New England, he worked for a time in a mill, and then... Bessie! Bessie! Which one of you is Alfred Bessie? I am, sir. Very well, Bessie. Close down your machine. Come here, into my office. Yes, sir. You may close the door. Now, uh, Bessie? Yes. I've been looking over your record. In the last month, you've been absent 12 days. Why? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I've had a very bad cold. So has almost everybody else in the plant. Most of us have managed to keep up with our work. 12 days out at the busiest season of the year. No, we can't have it. We must be able to depend upon our workers. I am, I'm very sorry, sir. I'm not criticizing your work. I'm only saying we can't employ men who aren't strong enough to keep up with the pace. Go to the timekeeper and collect your wages. You mean? I mean, you're through. But, sir... Now, I... come, lad, cheer up. You aren't the first man to be let out of a job, and you won't be the last. Give the timekeeper this slip. You'll have no trouble collecting your pay. Goodbye. Better luck next time. <laughs> 
then in quick succession. I'm sorry, Alfred, but you ain't got the strength we need on the farm. Well, I'm sorry, Mrs. Briggs. Now, half the field, and I got to come out here and make you sit down and rest before you fall over. <coughs> this morning, the hired man we had before come back asking for his job. I told him he was to come along tomorrow. Then you want me to leave tonight? No. You stay the night and eat a good breakfast in the morning. Maybe over at Wright's place they can use an extra hand with all their cows. Mr. Wright's a real nice man. You tell him I said you're honest and a good worker as far as you got the strength to work. Maybe he'll give you a job. <laughs> Set. Looks like you bit off a little more than you could chew when you took charge of the barn. First, I got to set up all night with the cow, then I got to set up all night with you. <coughs> Too bad, but that's the long and the short of it. You'll have to find something else. Something else, Mr. Wright? But, but what? Couldn't say as to that. Had an uncle a good deal like you. Never could find a job he could stick at. Always said he was just naturally born tired. Most of the family thought he was just naturally lazy, but I don't know. I always felt a little sorry for myself. At last, Alfred visited the friend who wrote letters home for him and read him the replies from his relatives and friends in Canada. So you will say to the good father, I do not wish to come back, for I love this country and have been very happy here. But without help, I cannot work, and without work, I cannot eat. So what else is there to do? Yes. What else? <laughs> uh, it is wonderful how you can put my thoughts on paper, and the good curé can read them away off in Canada. <laughs> Almost any schoolchild could do it. What else do I write? You may say that I have asked St. Joseph to help me, but so far he has not thought it best to answer my prayer. You may say, the night before I came here, I dreamed. Oh, but no, that is too long a story. I will wait and tell him about the dream when I see him. What was the dream? Well, I seemed to be raking hay in a field, and I was so tired I paused for a moment to rest. Then I saw a man standing before me. And from his resemblance to the statue in our church, I knew he was St. Joseph. He smiled. And his smile was beautiful and kind. Then all at once I was so tired I thought I should never be able to work again or even to move again. I cried out, St. Joseph, where am I going to find a rest from this poor, ailing body? Where am I going to die? What happened? He disappeared. And at the other side of the field, I seemed to see a great stone building with many steps leading up to its entrance and a cross above its dome. Oh, I don't know what the dream could mean. Surely I shall not die in such a magnificent building as that. Oh, perhaps it meant nothing at all, Alfred. Many dreams are 
only dreams? Uh, perhaps. But it seemed more real than any dream I ever had. And St. Joseph, I shall never forget the sweetness of his smile. Alfred returned to Canada, and when he saw his friend, the provincial of the Holy Cross Fathers... Alfred? Yes, Father? Have you ever thought of entering a religious order? Oh, often, Reverend Father. I can think of nothing I would rather do. Oh, but surely that would be impossible. I can neither read nor write, and my health is so uncertain. You're not at all sure it's impossible. Most orders, except lay brothers who perform the manual labor of the community, as to your health, God can make you strong if he wills it. Remember, God is the source of all health. God is the source of all health. Sometime later... Alfred Bessett became Brother Andre of the Congregation of the Holy Cross. Was it by divine inspiration that he was placed in the infirmary where he might ponder those words, God is the source of all health, where his unique gift might gradually develop? But even here, his own lack of strength threatened to end his usefulness to the community before he made his religious profession. Then one day, the bishop of the diocese visited the community, and Brother Andre obtained permission to speak to him. My lord, who? Oh, oh, come in. Come in, my son. Sit down. Make yourself comfortable. Uh, my lord, uh, I have no right to trouble you. Oh, Lord, I am your bishop. If you need my help, you, you have every right to ask for it. Thank you. Now, Tell me, what is it? The, the Father Superior doesn't think I'm strong enough to be a religious. I'm afraid I shan't be allowed to make my profession. Ah? Uh, and what do you think yourself, hmm? I know God is the source of all health, and he will give me strength for my work if they only let me stay. For the first time I have found the life in which I belong, the life I love. Must I give it up? Oh, my dear son, I believe you are where God wants you. Uh, if that is true, you needn't worry. He will arrange for you to make your profession. Oh, your words have comforted me greatly, my lord. Oh. Uh, who is your patron saint, brother? Why, St. Joseph. Ah, yes. I, too, love him. You should entrust your vocation to him. We will both pray that he will protect it. And I shall plead your cause with the Father Superior. You will, my lord? I will speak to him about it this very day. Oh, thank you, my lord. Thank you. At the bishop's request, the Father Superior consented to allow Brother Andre to take his vows as a religious. He was assigned to the Holy Cross Father School in Montreal, 
where he was porter, dishwasher, and general handyman. Among his duties was that of cutting pupils' hair. One day... Brother Andre! Yes? Oh, Brother Andre, have you time to cut my hair? I think so, John. Now, just sit up here. All right, then. And if you cut off my head with it, I shan't care. Why? What's the matter with your head? It aches. It's ached for two days, and I have to study for the examinations. I'm afraid I shall fail them, just as I did last year. And mother and father are coming down for graduation, too. Oh, that's quite a mop of hair, young man. I can hardly get my fingers through it. Yes, quite a mop. Brother Andre. Let's see. Where did I leave my shears? Brother Andre. Yes? My head has stopped aching. As soon as you began running your fingers through my hair, it stopped. You have cured my headache. I, John? Oh, no. St. Joseph used his influence that you should be able to study. There were other such minor cures among the pupils, and the boys talked about them to their parents. One day, when Brother Andre was mopping the corridor, a young woman, so lame that she had to be carried in a chair by two men, came through the door. Brother? Yes? Can you tell us where to find Brother Andre? I am Brother Andre. Oh. As you can see, I'm very lame. Doctors don't seem able to do anything for me. They say you can cure the sick. I thought perhaps... Are you lame? I think not. Uh, Suppose you two gentlemen let her stand alone and we shall see. No! I can't stand alone. I'll only fall. I haven't been able to stand alone for more than a year. No, child, no. You will not fall. Come on. Stand straight enough. Brother Andre. Ah, that's splendid. You needn't support her any longer, gentlemen. She will walk. Brother Andre, I have no... No matter, no matter. You will walk now. See that door at the end of the hall? It leads into the chapel. I want you to walk to it and into the chapel and thank St. Joseph that he has restored the use of your limbs. But I'm... I'm walking. Yes. I'm walking. Yes, child, yes. You will never be lame again. Again, the important cures. The church authorities were divided in their opinion of these. Some regarded the little brother as a holy man. Others declared he was a charlatan and should be forbidden to practice his strange vocation. Then the healer's never robust health broke down again, and he was obliged to spend a few days in the college infirmary. Another patient there was the superior, Father Le Cavalier. I have been hard to convince, brother. But these cures, our school chapel is filling with discarded crutches and braces and spectacles. Yes, Father. St. Joseph is very generous. I wish he might have a chapel all his own, one built especially in his honor. I have heard of that wish. And, uh, 
of the little shrine on the mountain where you and lately many others who believe they have received great favors at the saint's hands go to pray. Yes, Reverend Father. Oh, how happy I should be if we might have a church or at least a small chapel there on the mountain. We own the land, of course, but I've never intended to build on it. It would be an expensive proposition. But such a splendid one, Reverend Father. Think how happy St. Joseph would be if a church in his honor could stand there overlooking all this beautiful valley. <laughs> You're an eloquent pleader, brother. No wonder St. Joseph yields to your persistence. Well, we shall see. If St. Joseph wishes a church there, perhaps he will make it possible for us to build one. And if he does, will you consent to it? Perhaps, brother. As I said, we shall see. The cures continued, and thank offerings made it possible to begin building the church on the mountain. Many of these cases of healing were truly remarkable. For example, on a day in 1911, a man strode into Brother Andre's office. Do you remember me, brother? Well, your, your face is familiar, but I think I remember it as thin and pale. You do, brother. My name is Dufresne. I came to you 11 years ago when my doctor assured me I was dying of tuberculosis. When I left, you assured me I was cured, and I believed that I was. When I saw my doctor again, he scoffed at the idea. He said cures of tuberculosis were slow, and in as advanced cases as mine, they were impossible. And you persuaded him we were right and he was wrong? Not just then. I went home and waited a year, and then I went to his office again. That day, I persuaded him to examine my lungs. I have here a letter from him saying that he found them completely restored. That was ten years ago. As you can see, see for yourself, I'm still in perfect health. I want to thank you for saving my life. Oh, no. Thank the one to whom you are indebted, my son. God is the source of all health, and the powerful intercessor, St. Joseph, who won your healing from him. On December 31st of the year 1936, Brother Andre was taken to the hospital, suffering with an acute attack of gastritis. As he lay there... Brother Andre, you are in great pain, and we both know you're very ill. Why not ask God to heal you? I can do nothing for myself, sister. Anyway, he has already given me far more favors than I deserve. Here, let me rub you with a little of this oil from St. Joseph's land. You may rub me with this metal if you will. It is the one I have used on all the sick who came to me. Ah, uh, yes. That's the way. Only... Rub a little harder. Do you... Do you feel any better? No, sister. It is strange. Or perhaps it isn't so strange. I have seen person after person recover with the application of the oil or that metal 
But I... No, it does not matter. Many people need a miracle to give them faith. But I don't. basilica that stands on Mount Royal today was not finished when the beloved little brother died, but his body now rests in its crib. It is a great stone building with many steps, the building of that boyhood vision, the memorial to a great saint and the humble little man who went about doing good in his name. listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymore for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony's Shrine, Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore. Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen. <laughs>